Okay, welcome to the Christmas cast. My name's Andy Rupp. I'm your host. This is a podcast that I'm creating about all things Christmas. And uh, we're just going to spend some time talking about different Christmas things. Well, I guess the birth of this thing came out of a drive in the car the other day with my children where they asked me, Dad, why do we have Christmas trees? Where do they come from? And I couldn't answer that question. So I figured I would start looking up some of these things and see if I could give them answers instead of sounding not so smart in the car while we drove to school. Uh, So you can come along with me on this journey as we look up different Christmas things. And we'll talk about maybe some Christmas traditions. We may talk about what I think Christmas may mean. Um, We may add in some funny things, some history, some who knows. We'll see where it goes. But that's where this started from, and that's where we're going with it. So glad to have you here. Um, Just learning this whole podcast thing. So um, if you have some questions or comments, you can send them my way or some things that you want to hear about. We might look them up and explore them. But to start things off, I think that the best way to do that would be to give you some Christmas jokes that I've found. Um, So, we've got a few Christmas jokes here that are uh, in the tradition of dad jokes, I would say. So, I'll give you a few of these. What do you call a broke Santa Claus? St. Nicholas. You've probably heard this one before. What do you get when you cross a duck with Santa? A Christmas quacker. What nationality is Santa Claus? He's North Polish. have a few more. What do you call Santa's little helpers? I'll give you a hand. It's not elves. They're subordinate clauses. And with that wonderful English joke, I'm going to stop the jokes for today. Maybe next episode we'll have a few more. Maybe I can find some better ones for you. So today, since the first question that came from my children was... Where did Christmas trees come from? I thought that would be where we would start with this episode. So, what's interesting and what I really never thought of, um, I mean, I kind of knew that Christmas uh, had some connection to, you know, our own celebrations of winter in the past. And then, uh, you know, Christmas, especially in America, and traditionally has been a a Christian holiday um, centered around the birth of Jesus. Um, So definitely that, but what I learned when looking up this was that uh, Christmas trees specifically go back to a long tradition of using evergreens, um, even as far back as ancient Egypt and Rome, um, of having evergreen during the winter months, bringing it into the house to remind you that as the long winter um, was dragging on, that the evergreen reminded people that spring was coming, that around the around the bend, um, life was going to kind of start over anew in spring and things would begin to grow again. So, um, so it kind of started with this concept of bringing in evergreen type plants um, into the house uh, to just remind and to help people get through the long, cold winters. 
um, you know, to when harvest would start again. Um, so definitely started kind of around that and had that um, idea or process there. So as the tradition surrounded trees and evergreen plants being brought into, you know, the household, um, you know, what that was primarily centered around was, um, you know, what we call the winter solstice, which um, in the northern hemisphere, I guess, is where that um, would be experienced. And the shortest day and longest night of the year falls somewhere around December 21st, 22nd. Um, that's called the winter solstice. So this was a day that was recognized and known as um, the shortest day and the longest night. So it was this point where people would naturally begin to celebrate this kind of ending of, um, of or this transition, beginning to be a transition of winter moving toward and knowing that, you know, months down the road, um, spring would start to come. Um, so there was even kind of a thought um, where ancient people believed that either, um, you know, the sun was a god um, and that winter occurred because maybe the sun was sick or had been weak, um, that you had this period where um, where there was this weakness and the solstice marked when, um, you know, the sun began to get well. And not long after that, the plants would be green and be growing again and life would start and summer would return. Um, so um, so there's this tradition or this idea of, of this new growth, this new life that would come about at the, this other stage um, that was coming, this transition between the seasons, right? Um, so there's kind of three different points um, uh, that had some traditions that I saw mentioned. A lot of the stuff I found on like, um, you know, history.com, um, just different reviews of looking at data on the, on the um, primarily websites. Um, so the ancient Egyptians, um, they worship a god called Ra. Um, and, uh, and at the solstice, um, that's when they believed that Ra began to recover from, uh, from his illness, right? So they would fill, the Egyptians would fill their homes with green palm rushes, um, which symbolizes for them a triumph of life over death. Um, so that was kind of how the Egyptians, um, had this, uh, a tradition that, that dealt around evergreens, um, the Romans, or early Romans, they marked the solstice with this feast called Saturnalia. And we may dive into that in more detail, or maybe all of these. But um, basically, that was in honor of Saturn, which um, which they believed to be the god of agriculture. right? So they knew that solstice meant that, um, you know, harvests would be able to come, farms would be able to grow, and orchards and, and, and fruit and things that they depended on. For livelihood um, would start to uh, be green and fruitful again. Um, so to mark that occasion, they would decorate their homes, um, their temples with these evergreen, um, uh, evergreen plants, right? And then uh, in northern, um, I guess what would be considered northern Europe, um, you had the the Druids, right? The Druids were these, um, I guess like priestly class of the ancient um, uh, Celts, I believe. Or Celts, 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 right? I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, anyway, they decorated their temples with evergreens as well, um, and it was a, a symbol of of everlasting life. Again, of this, you know, the evergreen these these plants and these trees um, that they would decorate with 
you know, naturally they knew that they stayed green all the time, even during the winter when other things were dying, when, when things were becoming brown, when, when things weren't growing. Um, so there was these traditions and all these ancient cultures of bringing in these types of plants because it symbolized something that lasted, something that um, could make it through the winter, which was probably at that time a very hard thing to do. Um, so that's kind of the foundation of uh, of where kind of the Christmas tree tradition started, at least the idea of using something that was evergreen in the winter, right? Um, there's another tradition of, um, of what's called a Christmas pyramid, which um, I thought was interesting when I was looking at some of the... Uh, the stuff that I found, um, you know, those are, and I didn't realize that those are kind of the little wooden structures that you see, and they had big ones that were in cities, um, made of wood, um, kind of like the ones you see in, um, uh, what's it like, the Christmas story, where he has the little pyramid made of wood, and he knocks the whole thing down, right, and it has the little spinny stuff on the top, similar like that, but there were these big structures, and they would put evergreens on them, they would decorate them with either candles or lights, um, way back when, um, even fruit, um, apples, um, a, a lot of the early traditions, the decorations on any of these types of things, whether it be a tree or this wooden structure, um, were, um, you know, were evergreen plants, um, wreath type things, or even fruit, um, apples. Um, I read somewhere where also like the tradition of Christmas ornaments, um, kind of, um, heralds back to the, the apples that they used to hang on these, um, so that like, it represented the apples that were out there and so that's where kind of like we got our Christmas balls or our Christmas ornaments from um, so that was interesting um, when we start thinking about an actual Christmas tree so Germany is traditionally um, considered or credited with starting the tradition of the Christmas tree as we kind of know it now I was believed to be about in um, uh, in the 16th century um, and that was they uh, it was in Christian homes. They brought and decorated trees into their homes. Um, so this is where also you saw kind of the building of the Christmas pyramids of wood um, and decorating them uh, with evergreens or candles. Um, and then there's a interesting widely held belief that Martin Luther, the reformer, right, the Protestant reformer um, in the 16th century, they believe that he may have been the first person to add lighted candles to a tree. So there's a story where, or this myth or legend or, or whatever, there's a story that, um, that they believe that um, one night he was walking home in the winter um, and, you know, toward his house and he looked and saw the stars through like an evergreen fir tree. Um, and, and the tradition is that it, it was so brilliant and the stars twinkling amidst the tree um, that he, he cut the tree down to recreate the scene for his family, cut the tree, cut a tree down, um, took it back to his house, um, erected the tree in the main room and then put, um, wired branches to, uh, uh, I mean, wired lighted candles to the branches to kind of create the same effect for his family. Um, so that's where kind of it's first believed that someone put lights on a tree. Um, before that it was just decorating a tree with, you know, again, with like fruit or different kind of garland type things or, um, you know, creating some stuff out of um, generally either plants or or fruit or some type of thing like that um, is how they decorated the trees. Um, so, and again, at first, from everything I read, it wasn't super popular. 
Um, the trees were, uh, you know, depending on where you were in Germany, it was very popular earlier on. Um, in in Europe, uh, it was frowned upon, you know, had a much more um, Puritan tradition, right? So, um, you know, even when, when it came to, um, to Puritans or Puritanism in America, um, Christmas trees weren't really adopted early on. Um, they were seen as something that may be heralded back to um, to a pagan tradition or other things, and, and it was looked down upon, or even in some areas, um, there was a time in Boston, I read, where it was actually outlawed for a while. Um, I think in the, I can't remember if it was the 1600s, um, but at some point it was outlawed, and it was like a five shilling um, you know, fine if you were found to have a Christmas tree in your home. That's how serious it was, right? Um, so, um, and one of the things that popularized um, Christmas trees the most was when the royal family in Europe, um, I don't remember which one, I believe it was. Um, right, so it was Queen Victoria in 1846 and her German prince. So again, you see Germany was a, a uh, popular starting point for Christmas trees. Um, so her German Prince Albert were um, sketched in the London news and it showed them around a Christmas tree in their house, right? And Victoria is very popular. Um, and so when people started to see that, um, her subjects saw that, then it became fashionable, right? Um, in Britain and other places. And then that kind of moved its way more toward the East Coast and American society. So um, that's kind of when the Christmas tree um, popularity started to, to cross borders and, and become something more. I'm noted that in Europe, Christmas trees were usually like smaller, like four foot in size, whereas in America, people want them to go from the floor to the ceiling because I don't know if that's because America was trying to do th something bigger or what, but it's interesting that in different parts of the world, um, trees, different size trees were kind of what was most popular. Um, so, um, and again, uh, in in the 20th century, it was primarily homemade ornaments that people were using. Um, again, like apples, nuts, popcorn that, you know, we see where you string popcorn together um, and dyed, um, you know, or berries and nuts interlaced, things like that. Um, and it wasn't until later that electricity brought about Christmas lights and made that possible. Um, I did also see where, you know, there was problems with, with I mean, we have problems with trees catching fire now, right? But back then when they were using candles, I mean, obviously that was even a, a, a bigger um, issue at times. Um, and there was pushes at times to outlaw the, the candles on the trees um, until electricity came about and, and Edison and others were working to, to make lights that could be used, you know. Um, and also people even rented, rented lights at the beginning when electricity first happened and they came out because they were so expensive. So you could rent Christmas lights for your tree. Um, Another interesting tidbit, um, just to kind of wrap some of these up. Um, so the Rockefeller Christmas tree, you know, that's the famous tree in New York City, right? Um, that that goes back to um, to the Depression era, and uh, and they were building on that site, and the construction. The story is that the construction crew there just stuck a tree up. Um, and then the next year it wasn't there, and then two years later, I guess they were still doing some work, and, and the tree showed up again. Um, so that tree started with just not, you know, naturally being put there for any kind of commercial purpose or anything like that, but actually there was work being done on the site, and 
the construction crew wanted to have a tree and so they they put a tree there and decorated it um and that first tree happened there i think in um 1931 um was the first year that that was put in and then uh and then two years later it came back and now these days you know i think they say it's over you know 25,000 lights on the tree that's at the rockefeller center now um so Again, a very uh, a very large tree, but a tradition that started um, with a small unadorned tree. So, and I think that pretty much wraps up the general nature of it. So, you know, the tradition definitely um, has its roots for the evergreen side of a Christmas tree, has its roots in the winter solstice and these different cultures that had different beliefs about. Um, just the ending of winter and seeing spring and summer coming and harvest and, and things growing. And then that tied in with um, as Christianity um, started to make its way around the world or, or throughout the world, um, you know, there was this celebration um, around that time and around Jesus' birth. Um, and, and so the Christmas tree kind of made its way into that time. Um, and you saw these traditions where, especially in America, um, in Europe, um, where they were looking to create these traditions of, um, of goodwill and of, um, of family and things, and the, the tree fell right into that, right? So, um, so you had this idea of evergreen and life and, um, and making it through the winter. And then that being kind of bundled together with, with all the, the beliefs of, of Christmas and Jesus's birth and and those things. So now I have an answer for my kids. Um, you know, not a clean buttoned up answer, but most things aren't. But at least some things that we can talk about about where the Christmas tree came from. And I can tell them now that like, you know, about an evergreen, which they know about and talk about in school. But we can we can discuss what that means and and what it points toward, right? And also it can inform you know my own thoughts of our own traditions around um around our religious beliefs um and around the story of jesus and uh and what real life looks like an abundant life in our own family in our own society and and what it means to um to grow and to shine so it's been interesting to look at this and to uh to think about it um to think about that and then kind of tie these things together um and and be able to speak to them more um, as they do. So hopefully they'll come up with some other questions or I'll be digging through here. I've been looking already at other um, Christmas you know, traditions that we have and exploring those and, and have those in later episodes. So thanks for joining. Again, brand new here. First time doing this. So um, if it's rough around the edges, apologize. But uh, thanks for listening and I uh, hope you enjoyed it and uh, look forward to exploring some other things later.